Hey, welcome to 40 Cray, the podcast by two 30-something dudes whose adult lives and responsibilities have not yet eclipsed their zeal, stupid, nerdy shit. From Warhammer to video games to professional wrestling to movies with Guy Fieri featured in cameos. If it's your fandom, we're your tandem. Hello. <laughs> it's uh, me, Tom, Tommy Bones, a.k.a. Bonesaw Miniatures. And I'm, as always, joined by my co-host, Benjamin L.S. Demon. Are, are there actual movies where Guy Fieri has a cameo? Is that a thing? I hope so. I'm going to have to look that up now. I, I want to publicly apologize to Guy Fieri because <laughs> I was on the bandwagon of people that thought his peroxide bleached hair and backward sunglasses were really annoying. Yeah. Apparently, he's a really good guy. Yeah, he seems like a... So, so Guy Fieri, I'm sorry I judged you because I thought you were a frat boy from <laughs> early 2000s. My mistake. You're you're apparently a great human being. Uh, shame on me. Tom, a lot of stuff happened this week. Yeah, so we are filming this the night of May seventh. Uh, so nothing interesting happening in the world of Warhammer. So we're gonna. <laughs> well, no, it's there was a couple. It was Warhammer Fest. Like I said, nothing interesting happening. Oh, ha ha ha! I don't. There were a couple <laughs> things. They had yeah. some orcs today. Yeah, that was a joke. Uh, there were like, some Imperial Guard guys. Yeah, Cadians uh, got new arms and heads. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on, but everybody's covering it ad nauseum, and that's, you know, eh, whatever. So we're going to talk about something completely different, because that's how we do it. Right, Tom? That's right. We love Warhammer. Yes, we do. We love video games. Yes, we do. But we also love some good old-fashioned... Oh, okay. I'll have to add a fourth thing. <laughs> Mm, that is that is slamming. I can really taste the juice. We're going to Flavortown. <laughs> I couldn't remember his catchphrase. <laughs> I was like trying to channel him, but that's his that's his catchphrase. Wrestling. We're talking about wrestling. <laughs> yes, professional wrestling. Why why are we talking about wrestling, Tom? Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess that it all started because I found out recently one of my coworkers uh, has a house in Canada and. Her landscaper is Dink the Clown. Not Doink, but not his doink. diminutive partner. Yeah, his his uh his partner was a person of short stature, Dink. Uh, yeah, that was that was a horrible time in the WWE. <laughs> they were so <laughs> so unfeasy and insensitive. Because he was originally uh, Macho Midget. He uh, imitated Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, and you know, as we all know, that's super right. uncool. Whoa, I just read Dink the Clown passed away in 2013. I thought Doink the Clown passed away in 2013. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so I think I think this uh, Google question didn't know that Dink was a different person. <laughs> oh, Claude Giroux. Yeah. He's, a, he's Canadian, okay. He, he also plays for the Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's his, Claude, that's his first name. Well, Claude, if you're out there, uh, we would love to have you on the show and it would be just fascinating to hear about what it was like kind of working for the business at that point. But in honor of, of your memory and thinking about how much you had entertained us, Tom and I wanted to talk wrestling, and that's why we're doing a top five today. Yeah, the top five strangest gimmicks slash storylines. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I focused mostly on gimmicks because my attention span is too short to read up on storylines, but I'm, I'm gonna, I hope there's a couple that appear in yours. Oh yeah, uh, most of them are yeah. So so I've got some gimmicks. You've got some. Some of these are <laughs> going to be kind of fun. 
Yeah, man, we're doing top five. What, originally, we were just we said dumbest, but you know, just some of them are dumb for some reasons, and some of them are kind of cool dumb. So just <laughs> yeah. you know, reserve judgment. If you like it, do it. If you don't like it, yeah, we went with weirdest. So it was originally dumbest, and then we decided to make it more towards the weird. Okay, not what? Well, not necessarily mine, bad. Mine, mine kind of work. Mine are mostly bad weird. Yeah, mine too. Are you ready for my my fifth? kind of weirdest gimmick yes duke the dumpster duke the dumpster was he the the garbage man he was a garbage man <laughs> yeah i remember him so so triple h has his sledgehammer tommy dreamer has his uh what is that thing the singapore cane duke the dumpster had a trash can well yeah <laughs> you gotta have your thing right and he was uh that's it he was a he was a trash guy he just came out he was he was a face i mean people liked him yeah a lot of those weird things were very short-lived i think you know, they, they didn't last terribly long the fans didn't get behind it and then they found something else for him to do so he he was a thing in like 94 where i think i was like eight and i was i was i think i saw an episode with him and i was like oh okay he seems kind of like yeah. the everyman i just think like they could have called him something else like that taking out the trash but it's like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a dumpster duke the dumpster i think did did he become somebody else? Because he, I'm picturing him in my head, and he looks familiar from what I can remember. He might have, because he's got a couple uh, gimmicks listed. Duke the Dumpster Droz. Yeah, he had a couple. Marshall Duke, Rocco Gibraltar, the Garbage Man. I just um, think if yeah. you've got the word dumpster in your name, you've got the word dump in your name. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I just thought it was silly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, not who I was thinking of. Okay, never mind. I remember him, but he looked different in my head. Do you, do you know where they said he was from? You know how, like, the, uh, the Ultimate Warriors from Parts Unknown? Yeah, yeah. He's from Mount Trashmore, Florida. <laughs> Which sounds like where I'm from. Perfect. All right, that's my five. Who's your number five? Speaking of Parts Unknown, uh, number five is the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. He was so, cool, though. Yeah, he was He was cool, but he was fucking weird. Like, any any vignette... Uh, you can look on YouTube, especially the airplane one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that yeah, guy, the airplane. That guy was out of his gourd. But I was a huge fan. So all of my things, everything on my list, I was, I remember personally, like I, I watched. And The Ultimate Warrior was my absolute favorite when it was just a wee boy. But yeah, just the stars and the planets align, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's such a good impression. <laughs> Man, there's nothing that came out of his mouth made any sense, but it was captivating because he just he sprinted down to the ring, just had all this energy, and <laughs> and from what I understand, he was a terrible wrestler and kind of a jerk too, I think. Yeah, that was back when uh, I think Vince started getting more into like guys just needed to have a good physique. It didn't really matter if they knew how to wrestle or not. Um, and, and I mean, he had a he was he was jacked back then. Yeah, he was. Well, so why did you pick him? Because uh, he was fucking weird, and it, particularly the airplane one uh, uh, vignette. If you if you haven't seen it, go check it out. See, like uh, they're on an airplane, and you make your way to the door of the cabin. Hulk, Hulk, break down the door. Hulk, Hulk. The pilot has made the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> Put the plane into a tailspin. And you will find yourself over parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm back there. I loved everything about him. Uh, so yeah, he's he's on my list. <laughs> so so basically just because he was super weird, but it, it worked. I mean, I, he's got a lot of criticism, especially lately. But he was so fun when we were kids. Yeah, just the charisma and <laughs> just the energy. <laughs> There's nothing like it, I think. All right. Well, I'm a big fan. Yeah. All right, so my number four, now that we've established that we're both crazy. You remember Al Snow? Yes, I do. What does everybody want? <laughs> Head! What does everybody need? Head! Tom, obviously you know him. What, what's what's his deal? So, yeah, you know the, the, the talking to inanimate objects thing was... It was done quite a few times, but Head was special, I think. So, so I mean, I think Al Snow, he trained a lot of other wrestlers, but at some point, yeah. he was just a dude, and he would just walk around with this disembodied mannequin head that he would sometimes write things on the forehead and sometimes right. talk to it and sometimes beat people with it. Help me. Yeah, did that what he wrote on it? He wrote help me on his forehead, or her forehead, wow. I guess. Uh, but yeah, there was also uh, Perry Saturn had Moppy. Yeah, I was going to say Perry Saturn, but Al Snow beat him up. Yeah, he had Moppy. From what I understand, that was a punishment for him being too stiff. So what happened with Saturn is he, there was a guy, he was a jobber, and somebody in the locker room told him, hey, Saturn will respect you if you, uh, like, I don't know, hit him hard. Mm-hmm. So he actually, like, legit botched a move, and <laughs> Saturn got concussed, and then just, like, blacked out and beat the living guard, you know, bejeebus out of the guy. Yeah. Uh, so as a result of that, he had to he had to carry around a mop that he thought was Terry Reynolds. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, Mankind with Mr. Sacco. Mankind was kind of in a different league, though, because I, I feel like Mr. Sacco worked for his character, whereas Al, like, he was just friendly, whereas <laughs> Al Snow was kind of vicious and terrifying. Yeah. I think Al Snow was also known for being stiff. Uh, I'm sure he was, because he also trained a bunch of people. Yeah. And, uh, WWE tough enough. <laughs> but anyway, Al Snow, go look him up. He, I remember his, his move that he had that I thought was super cool is he would, like, trap the guy's arms and then headbutt him a whole bunch. Which yeah. All right, that's my number four. Who's your number four? So my number four... So this is the earliest one on my list when I was but a wee boy. Uh, so for weeks leading up to Survivor Series 1990, there was a giant egg, and it would just sit in the back, and, you know, the, everyone kind of speculated what was in it. Uh, and then... At Survivor Series, the egg hatched to reveal the gobbledygooker, which was a giant turkey costume, and it made absolutely no sense. And I remember, I remember being what six years old at the time, like, "Wow, this is fucking dumb." <laughs> and Mean Gene was trying so hard to sell it. <laughs> but, so wait, was it a guy dressed as a giant turkey? Yeah, fun fact: it was inside the turkey mannequin costume. Uh, Hector Guerrero, brother of Eddie and Chavo. Uh, those poor men. Yeah, but yeah, no, he's he's a giant turkey mascot for some reason, and it was he got booed out of the stadium, and it was dropped very shortly thereafter. Well, that that is disappointing. Yeah, dude, some really weird WWE shit uh, mm-hmm. that happened in the past. <laughs> so this the gobbledygooker is the just gobbledygooker. You know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, but maybe uh, <laughs> maybe try harder. Yeah. And a lot of my research, the looking for like things that maybe I hadn't thought of, a lot of them were ideas come, that were came up with by Mr. McMahon. 
Yeah, well, I've got a couple on my list that are going to make people <laughs> confused. Let's put it that way. Okay, let's see All right, next. my next one. All right, my number three. Uh, you know him and love him from WCW NWO Revenge, one of my favorite games of all time on, on the N64. Really a very good time. Disco Inferno. Yes. And here's here's the thing with, with uh, Disco Inferno. He was a guy who did disco. Yeah. And that is all. In the in the 2000s. In the 2000s. So uh, no, it was like the 90s. Yeah. But well, he was into, just into the yeah. arts, though I think, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he just he just discoed. That was his thing. Mm-hmm. He would stop. He would kind of do a little like Saturday Night Fever dance for two seconds, and then the, that was his gimmick. And I'm sure, like for those that don't know how wrestling works, right? Like you, you show up one day, you go through the. <laughs> You spend years like training up and trying to get noticed until you're finally picked up. Unless you're Brock Lesnar and you look amazing, like some kind of freakish Neanderthal, <laughs> and then you get immediately picked up in the big leagues. You get brought up in the the local junk, and you gotta then help other people look good by being bad. And then at some point they give you a shot, and when they give you a shot, they tell you, "Hey, here's your character, and that's your gimmick." And this guy you, did all that work, and his gimmick was that he liked disco. You really like disco. <laughs> And, uh, you know, apparently he's got a great sense of humor. Apparently he's, like, really active on podcasts and stuff. Mm. But uh, I feel for him because I would have been super bummed if that was me. So Disco Inferno, look him up. Uh, Talented. He did some good stuff. I think he was a cruiserweight, Mm. but uh, was not not certainly gifted with a good gimmick. But at the same time, you know, you do all that work and you bust your ass to make it to the big time and, you know, you're on national TV. Are you going to complain that, you know, you have to wear bell bottoms? I wouldn't complain I have to wear bell bottoms. Right? I would not complain about wearing bell bottoms. Well, yeah, I wouldn't for the first couple of weeks, and then I'd be like, this is going to be the rest of my career, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Tell that to Isaac Yankum DDS. Absolutely. And then he, well, that's actually a really good point. Kane, one of the most uh, respected and principled wrestlers of all time, mm-hmm. started out as Isaac Yankum DDS. He was a, a dentist. Jerry Lawler's dentist, yeah. So, you know, there you go. That, I think that was after he was fake Diesel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he ended up, for those that don't know, I think his name, uh, what's his name, Glenn Jacobs? Yeah. He ended up, uh, I mean, he's very successful now, but Kane was a great gimmick. That was all. He got to be like this evil underworld yeah. character with a mask. It was pretty Undertaker's crazy. Undertaker's brother, you know, the whole Kane, oh, it was and, awesome. Kane and Abel thing, come back to kill his brother. Oh, it was amazing. With so, the mask and the hair, he's just, and then he took the mask off, and he was supposed to be like burned and scarred and mutilated from the fire, and he was just like a normal dude, you know, like. Uh, and, and and his hair came off with it. <laughs> yeah. That was what bothered me more, is he just took it off, and it's like, oh, the hair was a wig attached to the mask. <laughs> yeah. I think it had been his hair at one point. He probably lost it. Yeah, receded. But brother, Brothers of Destruction was awesome. That was amazing. Undertaker and uh, Ken. They're both like over 6'10", I think. Yeah. And just really talented. Both super respected in the industry. Very safe and really dedicated. And yeah, really great guys. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could get Glenn Jacobs on. I know he's a mayor in a small town now. Yeah. So Glenn Jacobs, if you're listening. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're the guy in Jordan listening in. Hey, whoever <laughs> that guy is, thanks for listening, man. You're uh, you're our favorite Jordan listener. We, we love – let's just take a moment, Tom. You know, you and I do this because we like each other's company and because we're passionate about some stuff. But to all our listeners, thanks for staying in. We, we love this stuff. We love you guys. Thanks for being part of this. Let us know what you want, you know. 
tune in tell us what you're thinking of anyway definitely uh that reminds me i really uh, want to get to petra at some point oh in jordan so jordan when when the stars align i will be i will be in jordan at some point uh, and also about the commenting i noticed because <laughs> whenever i check the pod podbean site i don't see a section for comments you know you have to click on the the episode itself but i was like wait a minute can people actually comment are we telling them to do something that's impossible so i wanted to double check um but i found on apple's i podcast app ryan from command point left us a comment and a rating dude that guy was classy i should figure out how to use discords i can play some tts with that guy yeah he's a super cool dude ryan from command point actually all of command point you guys are awesome yeah, big fan. Uh, all right, Tom. Yes. Number three. So far, let's just to review. Duke the Dumpster, Disco Inferno, and Al Snow. <laughs> yeah. And so far, you've talked about the Ultimate Warrior and the Gobbledygooker. Yeah. Now, what's your number three? Uh, so my number three, the Attitude Era, Sexual Chocolate Mark Henry. <laughs> sexual Chocolate! <laughs> uh, he was in a relationship with Mae Young. I don't know if you remember this. I remember Mae Young. I don't remember this this angle, but I'm sure it was terrible. Yeah, so Mark uh, Mark Henry and Mae Young, they were in a romantic relationship. Mae Young, as we know, uh, an octogenarian at the time. The culmination of the storyline was that Mae Young became pregnant with Mark Henry's child. Uh, so everyone was rightly confused, because how is that possible? So <laughs> on one of the episodes of, it was probably Raw, uh, Mae Young uh, went into labor... Uh, and was uh, going to give birth on live TV, uh, and it turned out that she gave birth to a life-size rubber hand covered in petroleum jelly. Wow. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> um, okay, well, so there's a lot of problems with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to begin, Tom. Nothing wrong with the relationship. You know, you want to have a April-December you know, relationship more power to you i don't care but the fact that they tried to pass may young off as pregnant when she was in her 80s uh, and then someone actually delivered a rubber hand yeah why the hand there's a lot of weird stuff in there yeah i don't know what what they were thinking with that one okay well i mean there were some other moments from from that era which i may get into shortly too <laughs> we're kind of messed up but yeah mark henry who later on became the strongest man in the world and actually was a <laughs> like legit strong man i think he did win strong man strongest man in the world well, strongest was, man, mark henry. was briefly sexual chocolate the may young thing is is i don't know i don't know how i feel about it it was just I, so weird and it, it didn't fit with anything else it was so out of place it, it's weird because at that time there were a couple like a little bit overtly sexual things there was like the ladies wearing the shirts that yeah there was a little bit too much of their cleavage showing and then jerry lawler would yell like puppies right right um there I was think, i think around that time it might have been around that time uh, rena marrow was in playboy uh, sable remember yeah I think she did a shoot with Playboy, and then there was a whole big thing about that with uh, Mark Marrow, and he was trying to be overprotective. Um, I mean, there was another story angle I almost took on, which was like Kane was having illegitimate, illegitimate child with the guy who was uh, Jeff Hardy's girlfriend, or the lady who was Jeff Hardy's girlfriend. Lita. Lita. She was yeah. awesome. Yeah, she was super cool. But like Kane and her were having a baby or something. Like that stuff was a little bit too. You know, 
much. It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was looking. I did look up some things to see if there was something I missed, and a lot of the storylines back in the day, like a shocking number of storylines involved sexual assault. So Lita was pregnant with Kane's baby because he raped her. <laughs> Seriously? Well, like, you know, like Kane. Won I mean, a that match. was the story. It was kayfabe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Kane won a match. And Lita was forced to marry him as a result of him winning the match, like she was some kind of property, uh, and, you know, got impregnated from the whole situation. And because I was going to have Gene Snitsky was was going to be on my list. Cause, you remember him? Uh, no. It's not my fault. OK. Oh, what was that from? Uh, Gene Snitsky. That was his catchphrase. It wasn't my fault. So Lita was pregnant with Kane's baby after he raped her. Didn't want to have the baby, obviously, but Kane was like super overprotective and wouldn't let her uh, get rid of the child. Uh, so Kane had a match with this random no-name guy, you know, uh, jobber Gene Snitsky, who Lita ended up interfering in the match, and Snitsky hit Kane. Kane fell into Lita, and then the trauma caused her to miscarry. And then everyone blamed Snitsky, <laughs> and he was his thing became it wasn't my fault. Yeah, somehow it turned Lita against him like all of a sudden she sided with kane now because she lost the baby and it was it was just a whole big clusterfuck and it was just super uncomfortable well mike i wait until you get to my number one it's it's kind of in that same thing and i'm sure mr mcmahon probably had something about that am i the only one who doesn't really like mr mcmahon no from what i understand uh he's super racist and fattest among other other issues issues yeah all right, so so that whole Mark Henry situation obviously problematic. I'm just gonna go to yeah. my number two because this is a little a little lighthearted. It's lighthearted. You ready for a lighthearted? <laughs> All right, one word. You tell me if you remember it. You ready? Shoot. Shockmaster. The Shockmaster. <laughs> what do you yeah. remember of Shockmaster? I remember his glittered stormtrooper mask of, on tugboat, <laughs> and he tumbled through <laughs> a collapsible wall. So, so yeah, the guy, it was Tugboat, a.k.a. Typhoon, <laughs> um, this really big dude, Fred Ottman, who had previously teamed up with uh, Earthquake to be yeah. the natural disasters, which was actually pretty cool. Yeah. And he put on his new out, he was Shockmaster, <laughs> which he had this Stormtrooper helmet, like a, uh, a Star Wars Stormtrooper helmet that they'd glittered over, yeah. and he couldn't see out of it. And he was super strong and big. And they were like, okay, what you got to do is just run through this wall and make a really powerful entrance. entrance. And he was going to be – I don't know what they were planning for this role because what happened on live TV, so, yeah, he was... ran through the wall, like fell the fuck over like, onto his face, and the helmet flew off. If I remember correctly, it was an eight-man tag. Uh, and one of the teams was having trouble finding another member. So it was like – it was like a surprise or a secret leading up to who was there going to be their mystery partner. And it was going to be Shockmaster. <laughs> when the, you know, the big reveal, obviously <laughs> he tumbled through a wall. And, and uh, I'm actually, I'm going to take a pause here in just a second to watch this video. But basically <laughs> it's one of the biggest botches of all time because he tumbled through the wall. His mask fell off. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. It was a stupid outfit anyway. And I don't know what he was planning Oh, did you did you forget the feather boa? Oh, did he have a feather boa too? All right, I think, so Tom, I think so. <laughs> I'm gonna put this video in the chat. If you guys want, just put Shockmaster into YouTube. You'll get the, the stunning debut. 
Tom, let's both take a break and just rewatch this piece of amazing history. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what is he wearing? Oh, I thought he had a feather boa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was way funnier than I remembered. Yeah. At the board games. All right. So now that we're coming back here, guys, do yourself a favor. Go watch the Shockmaster video. It's not only great because British Bulldog and Sid Vicious, who weren't really good on the mic, are just screaming at each other. Yeah. And Sting is, like, trying not to laugh. As Ric Flair, who I think is really good at, like, you know, acting, mm-hmm. is probably like, oh, God, these guys need a little bit of work. But, uh, yeah, and then, and then Shockmaster shows up, <laughs> falls on his face, his helmet flies up. Gets up, try to act like nothing happened, and then has a really stupid pre-recorded voice that comes through. Also, Shockmaster is a stupid name anyway. That, that too. All right. That's my number two. What's your number two, Tom? So this one's fairly recent. I don't know if you still watch, but maybe maybe a year and a half, two years ago, Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio had a feud. It was at Survi- uh, yeah, Survivor Series. Uh, Seth Rollins was the Raw captain. And the Raw team got embarrassed. Like, I don't think they eliminated anybody, and they they, were, they got eliminated super quick. Uh, so that the following night on Raw, and Seth Rollins had everybody, had, he had the entire Raw roster come down, and he was like, uh, "Look, you know, we sucked. <laughs> I'm the only one who's any good. You're all terrible. So we have to like do better for ourselves. That we were, you know, we're embarrassed. Uh, I'm embarrassed to be uh, on this roster at all." And then that's sort of when he became the Monday Night Messiah. Um, but Rey Mysterio had, uh, he took particular exception and they had a feud. And then during one of the matches, uh, Seth Rollins uh, had Rey Mysterio outside outside the ring. And he held Rey Mysterio's eyeball onto the corner of the metal ring stairs. Uh, and they had, you know, the, the whole like eye you know, the, the blood packets and everything. And, you know, it was like, he was supposed to like literally gouge Rey Mysterio's eye out with this, the ring stare. And, you know, he wore an eye patch in his mask for a while that led to a whole big backstory to get to my actual point. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio in an eye for an eye match. So to win wait, the match. Wait, so it was kayfabe, right? Yeah. All, all in character. And then Seth Rollins apparently threw up after it happened. Yeah, so to win this match, you ha- the winner, <laughs> to be declared the winner, you had to pull your opponent's eyeball out of its socket. That's the only way to win the match. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right? <laughs> so Seth Rollins ended up winning the match. Uh, he vomited uh, from being horrified by what he did. And then uh, for the rest of the time, Rey Mysterio had like a, an eye patch. Like I don't know if it was sewn into his or if he just wore it underneath his mask, but you know it was easy because he wore a mask, so it, it stayed in place. And then you know that kind of started his whole descent. What made it even worse, you know, as as dumb as that is already, what made it worse is that Seth Rollins, his kayfabe wife uh, Becky Lynch, uh, had recently had to denounce her women's title because she was pregnant. So not <laughs> so not very long after we find out. Seth Rollins' wife is pregnant. We find out that he's a sociopath <laughs> who gouges people's eyes out, and he's going to be a father. Uh, yeah, so that was just weird timing. Oh, she's she's actually married to Seth Rollins. Yeah. Like in real life. Yeah. That's cool. I always liked her. Mm-hmm. 
the men. Um, okay, that's nasty. I did not know that happened. I'm shocked that got through in the, the day and age that we live in. Yeah. Okay, my last one's disgusting, but not for that same reason. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for my number one? Yeah. My number one is Akeem, the African Dream. <laughs> Perfect. So, so there was a wrestler named George Graves, big dude, you know, 6'9", 450, big dude. And for a while, he was the one-man gang where he would just like show up. He was kind of like, oh, I'm a tough guy, you know, with like a bandana Mm -hmm. and a jean jacket vest thing and just beat people up like kind of on his own, which you could believe because the guy's enormous. (laughs) And I get – according to like an article I read online because this this is absolutely – inexcusable that this happened <laughs> he changed his character to uh, akeem the african dream uh which would wear a dashiki and like african garb of you know like not a specific country just african mm-hmm. and he was billed as from deepest darkest africa and he would just kind of walk around and do like you know kind of tribal things that like you know somebody like a really rich guy who's white from connecticut might imagine that people in africa do Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly cultural appropriation certainly really really goddamn racist here's the kicker he's white yeah he's a caucasian man yeah so rather than hire even just hiring another you know african-american or, or black wrestler they got this this white guy mm-hmm. to pretend to be african and it's it's just demeaning on all levels i don't know how it was okay I don't know how people aren't more mad about it. Yeah. And it's it's just silly. Like, you know, we, we have this retrospective looking back on stuff now. And, you know, I, I imagine a lot of people would be pissed about this. I think it's more interesting is just, uh, well, we were fucking stupid <laughs> as a country and shit like that was okay. So I just want to apologize Seriously. for Akeem, the African dream. Go, go Google this. It's It's pretty rough. You, yes, you didn't I, even know about this one, right? Yeah. I, I remembered One Man Band. One Man Gang. One, one Man, man Gang. The Three Man Band. That was, that was totally different. <laughs> there was Jinder Mahal, Heath Slater, and Drew McIntyre. <laughs> but yeah, One Man Gang. I remember him. But Hakeem the American Dream, or the African Dream. That was, that. I guess I blacked that out <laughs> on account of how horrible it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's so much back in the day that was like just blatantly racist and sexist and just horrible. Like just going through this, like trying to find a list and and doing a little bit of research. I, I think I mentioned before just how many times the rape storylines came up. Yeah. Uh, you know, Triple H, you know, drugging Stephanie McMahon and consummating their marriage, and uh, what's his name, Heidenreich, you know, having his way with Michael Cole. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, so Heidenreich was weird, kind of in the vein of like a psycho Sid, you know, just sociopath that, you know, nobody wants to fuck with because he's crazy kind of a character. They they, they do that so often. Um, but uh, yeah, so he uh, he caught, uh, cornered Michael Cole uh, in the locker room and, uh, it, you know, they insinuated that he uh, had his way with him. Yeah, that's really weird. Mm. kind of makes me like wrestling less <laughs> and i wish i could say they're better about stuff like that now i mean they kind of are a little bit 
I mean, at least there's probably someone who says like, "Hey, Vince, like that's that's not cool." Boy, now I'm sad. Let's do. You have, is your number one something that's just goofy? I didn't mean to make this like a, a sad. <laughs> one. I was gonna do stupid shit like Al Snow and Disco Inferno, and then I got down the dark path of, oh no, this shit's really racist and hey, sexist. No, it's, it's, I mean, the the one that I subbed out last minute was super dark, and I'm glad that I <laughs> that I changed it. Um, but yeah, number one is nice and lighthearted. So, uh, okay, okay, let's do it. Tom, bring us home with something nice and lighthearted. All right, my number one is Broken Matt Hardy. Uh, what do you What do you know of this? I know is this like his his latest thing where he's kind of old and he's a little cuckoo or something? Uh, so he has like the the skunk spot in his hair, but so it, this was when he was in TNA. Matt and Jeff uh, Hardy were, were in uh, TNA, and uh, so Matt. He lost a match to Jeff, and during the match, he was. In, this is all in character. This didn't actually, you know, in character, he uh, lost a match and was injured, uh, and that was the injury was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, and he just kind of snapped uh, following that match. <laughs> and what followed the broken Matt Hardy saga, and uh, I think I have. Oh yeah, uh, search for a beginner's guide to broken Matt Hardy. And it has okay. links to it has links to all the re- relevant videos. But yeah, no, he it, it was just a, a just a stream of consciousness with little actual coherency and and plot. But it was just so weird and nonsensical that it made for such a perfect sat. I don't know if satire is the right word, but just a commentary that on how all the vignettes and characters and personas were so different or they were all, they were all the same and recycled. Uh, and then all of a sudden here comes broken Matt Hardy and everything is just weird. Uh, and none of it makes any sense. And it's hilarious. You know, all right. I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching some of these now while you're telling the viewers about this. Uh, the first one, total deletion, I think it's called was the, the first match him, him versus uh, Jeff Hardy. Uh, but yeah, at one point, Jeff Hardy is uh, shooting a Roman candle at him, you know, shooting fireworks at Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is running for cover. He's <laughs> trying not to get hit. He finds, because this is all taking place on the Hardy compound, right? So they have their own like wrestling facility <laughs> in their backyard, because of course they do. And there's a lake and like an old beat up rowboat. So Matt Hardy's running and he finds the, the rowboat and he hides behind it and use it, uses it as cover from the fireworks being shot at him and he says oh you're just a dilapidated boat and like that becomes like a a running thing and you know he he uh has the dilapidated boat like coated in gold and and uh he gives it an award uh for being a dilapidated boat uh yeah there's uh it's it's just so amazing amazingly nonsensical that it was refreshing you know everything was just so same and reused and and you know, this was just genius because it, it made no sense, and it, but that was the point. That all it was right, so. All right. I'm gonna watch one of these real quick, and mm-hmm. then I'll give you my. Uh, I'm just watching the threats to delete Vince, <laughs> and he's like slurring his words. Yeah, well, he put on a weird accent. Um, yeah, what's the accent? It's just random. Yeah, you know, he, he it, none of it makes any sense. He was he was just putting on a weird accent. He, you know, he was broken. It, it, the the, the loss and the injury, it finally caused him to snap. And, you know, this is what we get as a result. And it was just amazing. All right. Well, I know what I'm watching. <laughs> he looks really funny. <laughs> I, I think there was one, there, there was a, someone came to 
to his house to interview him and uh, ended up staying for dinner because uh, his wife, uh, Rebby, and his son, Maxwell, uh, had huge parts in it. Uh, so who uh, forget who it was was interviewing him, uh, but came to dinner and uh, they were, you know, offered her green beans. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want any. And he's like, what do you mean you don't want any green beans? They are a delicacy. <laughs> like, it's just that kind of irreverence and just nonsense. It was just so refreshing to see something different for a change. Well, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. we ended on that note. Yeah. Um, what can I say? You know, wrestling's a weird thing. It's got its own subculture. It's fun. Sometimes it's a little, uh, a little weird. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we enjoy it. And, you know... We hope you do, too. Viewers, this was slightly different than our usual. We didn't talk about Warhammer. But there's enough Warhammer going on. Take a minute. Go watch some old YouTube vignettes of some classic pro wrestlers. Get into it like we did. And just let your imagination run wild. And until next time, when Tom and I get together across the 3,000 or so miles of the continental <laughs> United States. Three hours. Don't, don't forget to mash that like and subscribe button. Suck it. Scruff McGruff Stone was in this life too. I'm about to cry. What happened? What's out? Good fight. Good night. Ooh, bye. Are you boys back? Oh, George TK, you're in California too. You're going to fabulous Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Alright, whenever you're ready. <coughs> Sorry. Hey, welcome to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs>